So think of where you are in your life right now. Think of where you are. If, if, if you've got some good things going on in your life, maybe your relationship, your career, somebody probably along the way told you that you're on the right track. Somebody built into you. Somebody used words to, to pull you up. And that's the case for me. I probably wouldn't be here right now. Actually, there are people today in this church who encouraged me to take this path, and I'm thankful for it. Um, as followers of Jesus, we are called to use words for good, to glorify God to build up our church family, to edify the people around us. And most certainly, we're called to use words to make known what has been made known to us. So God certainly wants us to share his word with other people, with the lost. How blessed are we to be able to take part in that? It's amazing. So in this discussion of words, what's our first one? What's our first word? What's the banner we'll march under? What's the word that you've all been waiting for? We'll get to that in a second. Let's pray before we go there, okay? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Echo Church. We thank you for heat in buildings. God, um, we're thankful for a safe place to, to worship. Um, thankful for this growing church community. Lord, we ask you a, a simple request today. We want your presence here. Use me as an empty vessel and give us a good word today so that we can see you in a different way. Amen. Today's January 8th. Today's January 8th. We've been in 2017 for eight days. That's not very long. We still have milk in the fridge from 2016. But that means that your, your New Year's resolution, do you all do New Year's resolutions? It's been dead for seven days, at least for me. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's still early enough in the year to where you could probably just come up with a new one and no one will even notice. So I, saw, I tr tried something different this year. Instead of coming up with a New Year's resolution and failing it, I decided I'm going to let a New Year's resolution hit me, and then I'll fail it. So this year, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to be more of an adult this year. I have a young child at home, so this is not a choice. I just have to. This New Year's resolution picked me. So it started last Sunday, all right, January 1st. This was perfect. Came to church, went home. Um, I can't say it was the most productive day, but... After hours of watching football, um, I heard this noise, this dreaded noise that I always hear on Sunday nights. Maybe you've heard this. Tick, 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 tick. On Sunday night. I know what that means. That means football is ending. Tick, 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 tick. And 60 minutes is on. So I thought, after watching grown men run at each other full speed for three hours, I'm going to be an adult by sitting on the couch for another hour. And I'm going to watch 60 minutes. The topic was fascinating. They were talking about this cash for citizenship crisis thing that's going on right now. Maybe you saw it. But it turns out that there are a lot of countries, most of them are island countries today, where you can essentially invest, you can pay for a passport, for citizenship. Some of you saw that. I know you did. But most of these, you don't even have to show up. You can pretty much get them online. It's like a mail order passport. And a lot of folks have been taking this opportunity so, you know, give themselves a new name, a new birth date. This is a $2 billion industry right now. This passport for cash. The hottest spot right now is an island and it's called Malta. I think I have a little picture up here. Malta is in the Mediterranean. And you know what? For the low price of $1 million, you can become a Malta citizen. How's that sound? You can get a European Union passport. And basically, there are a ton of countries that you can travel to without having to have a visa. But if Malta is not your speed, 
and you're looking for something a little more affordable, I understand. Try Dominica. Dominica is a little island in the Caribbean. And it's only 100000 to get you a passport there. You can actually do it all online. Okay, so order your stuff on Amazon. Get your passport from Dominica. St. Kitts is another one. St. Kitts Island. This one uh, is in the Caribbean. And it's over 10,000 people have purchased citizenship there. 10,000 people. It must be heaven on earth there. Everyone's moving to St. Kitts. No, actually it's not. It's, uh, it's actually a pretty poor place. There's very little infrastructure. There are no attractions. What in the world? Why are all these people getting these passports? What do all these people have in common? Tick, 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 tick. 60 Minutes investigates. So, a Canadian penny stock manipulator, a Russian wanted for bribery, a Kazakh wanted for embezzlement, two Ukrainians wanted for bribery, two Chinese women wanted for major financial crimes. What's the connection here? White collar criminals love the beach. No, all these people, all these people are running from their past. All these people want a fresh start. That's what's going on. A fresh start is what they're after and the feds are after them. 60 minutes isn't so bad. Maybe I'll watch tonight again. The truth is, you don't have to be on a wanted list to want a new start. Have you been there before? I certainly have. When life gets a little tough, when things aren't going the way that you hope they were, when you're in a little rut, you just want something new. All of us feel like this sometimes. This, my friends, is our word this week. This is where we're starting this week. And in the most cliche church move ever, churches love t-shirts with one word on them. Have you ever noticed that? If you have a ministry and it's two words, it's too long. Our word for this week is, I got an extra large, come on, new. This is our word for this week, new. We're all about new. And you know what? It turns out God knows a lot about new. God's the author of new. It's a really shame that if anybody's listening to this and can't be here and see how offensively bright this is. You're really missing out. You should come in. All right. In the second most cliche move ever in church history, we're going to start this new year in Genesis 1. So, Kelly, would you read for us? It's surprise on page one in the little blue Bibles you have. Genesis 1, the first two verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Thank you. So what was it like before God created everything? I say it because I don't really know what to call it. What was there before God made everything? Before the cosmos, before the universe, before everything, what was there before it? Thankfully, scripture actually has a word for this, okay? We're a thinking church, and sometimes we get it, actually almost every week there's some new vocabulary. So today, tohu wabohu is our word. This is a Hebrew, well, a Hebrew phrase, and what it means is formless and empty. This was the state of whatever it was before God created everything, tohu wabohu. You could call it nothing, I guess, but... Still, try to think of nothing in your brain right now. What do you, you still have empty space. There's something. So I try to think of it more, break the word up, and it's no thing. There was no thing here before God did something. Empty space is not it. It's an absence. There are no physical properties at all to speak of. It's a blank slate without the slate. Tohu wabohu. But hey, there was one thing there. 
There was one thing, the only thing that mattered, the only necessary thing, and that was God. God was there in the beginning. The scripture says, in the beginning, God. So throwing a few words out at you today, there's tohu wabohu, formless, empty. Second word we're going to talk about, aseity. Aseity. This is a super old word. It has, um, its, its origin is Latin. And it means in and of itself. A necessary being not doesn't depend on anything else. It just is. Okay? If God made everything new, then who, what, made God? The answer is no one. Nothing. God always was. We call him the great I am. Not bound by time. God made time new. Not bound by space. God made space new. Bound by nothing. God just always was. And he always will be. There's nothing else like it. Aseity. That might be God's most important quality. This is a stumbling block for some folks to think about this. Maybe you remember wrestling with this brain teaser at some point. Maybe you are now. I certainly remember thinking about this. Just a smidge of philosophy here for you. Think of it this way. Whatever begins has to have a cause. Okay, whatever you can, if you can trace something back, person, an event, something to a beginning, something had to cause it. The start of the company you work for, the start of this church, the founding of a nation, my life, your life, um, physical features on the earth, waters, mountains, streams, everything that is had a beginning and therefore has to have a cause. This entire universe does. Now, how do we know all these things have a beginning? How do we know? We can see them age. We can see them mature and progress. And a lot of times, in a lot of cases, you can see things move toward an end point. Okay, so they had to start. Not God. See, the author of new was never himself new. These first two verses of our canon that Kelly just read for us. Would you believe me if I told you that the whole Christian meta narrative is captured in those first two verses? I'm not telling you not to read the rest. But if you just simply look at the first two verses of the canon, you will see the gospel of Jesus Christ right there. Genesis, like all kinds of other books, is, is packed with really great poetry. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes, it does mean the literal heavens and earth, but that means everything on the ground, everything beyond us in the sky, everything we can't even see, God created. There was nothing. It was chaotic and empty. There was darkness and the Spirit of God was there. And back to the first verse, he created everything new. So the good news of the Bible right here in the first two verses. There was emptiness, God filled it. There was chaos, he calmed it. There was darkness and he brought light. That's the gospel. Tohu wabohu turned into something new. And the term they use is ex nihilo. This is Latin, it means out of nothing. That's very important. God spoke these words into existence, like made from scratch without the scratch. There were no materials for God to fashion together so that he could create everything. He spoke it into existence, the word. This, the world wasn't God's HTTV repurposing project, okay? Ex nihilo means it came from nothing. God spoke it into something. You and me, we can create new things. There are a lot of creative people in this church. We create new things all the time. And they can be unlike anything that's ever existed. But when you, when you get down to the roots, the raw materials were already there. Even, even ideas. Time Magazine did a pretty cool piece 
uh, 2016's greatest inventions. I don't know if you saw this. I was fascinated. I actually didn't know many of these things existed now. Anyway, most of them aren't very affordable, as you can imagine. One thing was a, a bicycle helmet that actually folds up and is completely compatible. So I think it's probably a challenge for some people to carry around a helmet. But this thing is super safe. I think it's going to save a lot of lives. Another thing is a no-touch thermometer. Okay? So if you've ever had the challenge of having to use a traditional thermometer, you can hold this thing about an inch away from someone's head, and it gives a precise reading on what their, what their temperature is. Nike made some shoes that tie themselves. I'm sure they're affordable. Um, this company called Minimed made a tiny little iPod thing, except it's not an iPod. It's an artificial pancreas. So basically, type 1 diabetes, you can wear this thing, and every five minutes... It checks your blood sugar level and then gives or withholds insulin accordingly. Crazy stuff. Crazy inventions of 2016. But the device of the year, not saying this is the most valuable, but the big buzz of 2016 was what? I think they owe us money. We should check into that. Amazon Echo. Amazon Echo. So Alexa, the technology. Have you guys seen this? You can order a pizza. You can call an Uber. You can turn the lights on and off with Amazon's Echo. There was a little girl in Dallas. Did you see this? There's a little girl in Dallas who was six years old and her parents had an Amazon Echo and she started to talk to uh, the Echo, to Alexa, and ask for some things. One was a $160 dollhouse and then four pounds of cookies. Very easy requests. And Alexa shipped them. Hey, sweetie, did you get everything you want for Christmas? Well, I didn't, but I took care of it. See, Amazon's Echo and all these other inventions that are awesome and change our life, they came from things that already existed. We use the term new very loosely. Everything that we can see and hold and examine, everything that exists, it's not truly new. In their most foundational state, they were already created. The raw materials were already there. In the truest sense of the word, God is the only one. Who can make things new. Let's dig a little deeper in the creation story. Kelly, can you read in Genesis, we're going to skip a little bit, verses 9 and 10. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Yes, thank you. Um, the next thing he does, he does the same thing with, so that was what, land and the seas. Next, it's fruit and vegetation, the sun and the moon, creatures in the sky, creatures in the sea, creatures on the ground, animals that walk on the ground, and then mankind. The amazing thing about this and the beautiful poetry is that it goes like this. God said, it was so, and it was good. We see that pattern. God said, it was so, And it was good. He spoke it into existence, looked upon it, said that it was good. When he created mankind, God said it was so, and he said it was very good. So this pattern, as a church, we're going to make this our mission, okay? God says, where's God calling us? How can we make it so? How can we do his will? Because when we do that, he will absolutely look upon it and say, it is good. The point one for the day was when God makes things new, it's good. Number two, when God makes us new, it is good. What does it mean for God to make us new? We talk, that's kind of a churchy term. What does it mean? 
Well, thankfully, Jesus told us. There's a man named Nicodemus in the Bible. Nicodemus was a, a really elite Jewish leader. He was on the Sanhedrin. He was in the ruling council. He was a Pharisee. So a lot of his buddies were actually going after Jesus. They wanted him gone. But Nicodemus, for whatever reason, saw Jesus and recognized there's something to this guy. I think he is who he says he is. He started to see him perform miracles. He saw the signs. He heard people talking about Jesus. He said, I I can't ignore this anymore. I'm going to go to him. So he didn't send a servant, but he went at night. You're probably familiar with this story. Nicodemus traveled to Jesus at night and he said, teacher, I know that you come from God. I know you do. And here's what Jesus says. He goes right to it. John 3, 3, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again, unless they're made new. And Nicodemus says, how can someone be born when they're old? Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb. Well, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. And then continuing on here, Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Let's look at that a little bit. What does it mean for God to make us new? It means that we can't will ourselves. Praise God for that. Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh. You, uh, you think about some of the things that we think make for a good Christian or, or righteousness today. We come from a good Christian family or, oh, that person works really hard or they try really hard not to sin or, you know, they take the grocery cart back to the corral when they're done. All these types of things, they don't do it because flesh gives birth to flesh. Jesus said, it's the spirit of God that makes us new and it's a gift that's freely given. Like the wind, the spirit of God's a little mysterious. When you think about it, we can't see it with our eyes. We can't predict it. But what we can see is its effect. When you see a flag blowing in the wind, when you see some trees waving in the wind, you know that the wind's moving. You can see the Spirit of God moving the exact same way. And for everyone who lives by the Spirit and not by flesh, God gives us a gift of new in the kingdom along with it. Someday in this setting, hopefully, I'd really love to share with y'all my story about how I gave God my tohu wabohu chaos, and he turned that into something new. I'd love to, but I'll tell you this this morning. When I first encountered people in, in college who truly knew Jesus, who'd been made new, I didn't know what to think. Now, frankly, I just, I thought it was a little strange. All these people were super friendly. They seemed authentic. They were, they were glowing. I didn't understand it, and I made a judgment. And I thought, these kids are probably just privileged people who've never had any difficulties in their life. That's what I thought. And then I got to know them. I got to spend time with them and understand who they were as people. You know, we had a, a, a guy whose mother died of cancer. We had a, a girl whose, whose brother overdosed. We had another person who had a trusted adult in their lives as a kid, and they were taken advantage of. I was wrong. I was so, so wrong. These people had, were as broken as me and in many ways had experienced a lot, a lot darker things in their past. So what was it? 
How were they authentically joyful? Where did that come from? It wasn't a show. They couldn't possibly put on a show themselves. They were made new. They couldn't have done it themselves. And, and this is how we were made new in Christ. As we learn more about God and how he makes us new, what do we say of the old? What do we say of the old us, the pre-born again selves, as, as Jesus might say? Well, this is great because Paul addresses this in his letter to Philippi. He uses some really strong language to talk about the old self. So to set the scene here, um, Paul's working with this church. And it's a bunch of Christians with Jewish origin. And they're kind of having like a, like a, a resume match here of, of importance. Talking about their, how they're self-righteous. And they're also looking at the, the people who were formerly Gentiles and saying, you should follow the Old Testament law. That's st- that still applies to you. We call them Judaizers. And Paul basically says, look, if you want to play that game, have a seat. <laughs> because listen... On the eighth day, I was circumcised from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee. I followed the law to the letter. No one has a better resume than me. And you know what I think about that now? Do you know what God thinks about that now? And here's where the the scripture picks up. Philippians 3, 8. Paul says this about his old self. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Paul says his old self is garbage. And he was somebody who he thought was basically doing well, not sinning. What about us with all of our old stuff? Maybe, maybe that was you too. You thought you could will yourself into something good. Or maybe you'd look at your past and say... Yeah, I was as sinful as they come. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm here to tell you that God doesn't look at it either way. That's garbage. It's waste. It's not useful at all, is what Paul's message was. We should be thankful for that. The third point here, and then we'll start to wrap up, is when we offer others something new, it is good. Okay, so we began with when God creates things new, it is good. When God makes us new, it is good. When we offer others something new, it is good. The reason I came into ministry, into this ministry um, in college and met these kids was actually because of a a guy who I met on on the college campus. And he found me in a really low state when you could say that I was formless and empty. And he shared with me something that wouldn't fade. He, He led me to the path. He allowed God's spirit to work in me to make me new. He's actually a minister in Cincinnati. I'd love to bring him here at some point. No one has had a more profound effect on my life. And I remember asking him when I was in college, hey, why do you take all this time, you know, get paid peanuts to come around here and talk to college kids and try to share with them at a risk what you know about Jesus? I asked him that. And in the most sober way possible, he looked at me and I'll never forget what he said. He said, David, if you had the cure to cancer, would you keep it to yourself? That's never left my mind. There are plenty of people all around us who, who feel unwhole. We feel it at times. We feel empty. And God's call for us is to present to them something new, something that cannot fade. Healing for the sick. We, you and me though, we are not the cure. And we cannot will ourselves or other people to be cured. That's not going to happen. Jesus makes it very clear. 
New doesn't come from materials or from money or from turning the calendar to 2016 to 2017. New doesn't come from a passport and an island in the Caribbean. The best part about new is it's a gift. It's a gift that's freely given that we're invited to accept. Romans 4.17, this sums up everything we're talking about this morning. It says this about God. He gives life to the dead and he calls into being things that were not. That's the whole essence of what Jesus does. He offers something new for the lost, new life for those who have died. And he calls things into being ex nihilo, out of nothing, in the literal sense, but also in our nothingness and our brokenness, makes something beautiful. This is the God that we serve, and he sent his son Jesus to establish the new covenant. So just as God uses his word to speak everything that we see and can't see into existence, with that same authority that he used to create things out of his, out of his mouth, we're given that same authority to build other people up. Just as God used his word, we're given that authority too. And you and me can tell people that he loves us, he's rescued us, we can dwell with him in eternity. How do we do it? It's a daily submission to accept the gift and live in the spirit. Like the first verse we read this morning, and even before worship, his compassions are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. One word this week, and it's new. Who among us needs a new start? You and me have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of our words to make a huge difference. Here's our call to action as we move forward. What's your word? As a church, new will be our first word. We've got some more. What's your word? We're going to start thinking about this. And when we meet together in our small groups, you can come up with a word. It's fun to come up with a mission and there's definitely value in that. We have a family mission, but simplify it. What's one word that you're going to go after this year? It's a good exercise. Secondly, find one person this week. Find just one person. I told you about the tremendous impact that just a small encouragement had on me. Find somebody who needs a little encouragement that you can use words to bless them with and build them up. Do it with sincerity and watch what God does with it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust in it. There's nothing more solid than the word that you've given us. We thank you for your authority to do so, to create everything out of nothing. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on this this week and this year as a church to move forward under these words as our banner. Lord, we have special prayers for, um, for our nation, prayers for the people who were affected this week in a tragedy in Fort Lauderdale. We pray for the souls that are, that are gone. We pray for the family members of them who are hurting. And Lord, we pray for the shooter. You tell us that we don't war against flesh and blood, but it's the evil, the powers and the principalities. And we understand that as we wait joyfully for your return, Jesus. Watch over this church. Take us to new and challenging places and help us to be bold in doing that. In your holy name, Lord, amen.